Hey guys, what's up? It's Vince. I am in the parking lot right now. I just dropped Joey off for his baseball game, so I'm waiting for the game to start. And I uh, figured I'd uh, record this podcast for you guys. I am recording this the day before I leave for uh, Chicago. I'm going to the Perform Better Conference and speaking out there. Uh, it's my first time uh, in a while speaking there, and I'm also speaking in Providence, uh, Rhode Island, but excited to get out to Chicago, connect with a bunch of old friends and a bunch of people in the industry, and uh, really cool. So if you're in the Chicago area, come by, uh, come by and, and, and check it out. But um, really, uh, really awesome that live events are, are kind of back in full swing. We have our Mastermind event coming up in uh, just a week now, uh, July 22nd and 23rd, and we will have 70 gym owners all across the world. Uh, flying into Dirty Jurors uh, to come uh, learn about increasing their lifetime customer value. So, really excited. So, a lot of cool stuff going off right after that. Uh, I talked about this in a couple of my emails, but I've had two CEO mastermind weeks where I, you know, that's like two full days of, you know, just heavy, heavy, heavy coaching. Um, so, I've had that back to back two weeks. And then I have um, the Chicago trip, and then I got mastermind, and like I will be absolutely spent. Uh, after that and uh, Vanessa and I just booked a trip to go to Puerto Rico uh, so we will no kids our kids will be at camp at that time and so we will be on the beach for five days straight uh, after this big long stretch of cool stuff and the cool thing is it's like I'm exhausted you know after this stuff but I'm not like I'm excited right I enjoyed the work I enjoy CEO mastermind although it's really draining it's not like a negative drain. It's really just like it's an excitement drain. It just really takes a lot of energy and brain power um, to to do all that. And I think that that's an important thing, you know, to to have longevity in your business is, you know, to really enjoy what you do. And I think sometimes, you know, we take it for granted and we look at the gym industry and, you know, the busy hours and the long days and the trainer problems and all this stuff. And, Sometimes we don't realize um, how good we've got it, and we've got it so good because every day we get to help people make a difference in their life. We really get to, um, you know, see people grow and get people to realize their potential, and it's really rewarding when you really think about it. And most people don't have that. Most people do not have a job like that. Most people's jobs are, you know, um, you know I had a conversation with a woman the other day. She's like, oh, my son just started working at a bank. And I'm just like, well, you know, hopefully that's not the next 60 years of his life working at a bank. He's 20 years old. He's going to now spend the rest of his life working at a bank. I mean, I can't think of anything more miserable than that, right? And so as gym owners, we get to really have an exciting, cool life um, that is, you know, very rewarding. And you can go home after your days and realize that, you know, you made a difference uh, in someone's life, and that's a that's a powerful thing. So sometimes when you get tired and you get fatigued, you got to remember that stuff and remember that um, you know that you've been gifted this profession um, for for a reason, and you've been drawn toward this profession for a reason because you're just the type of person uh, that that likes to help people. Now, that doesn't mean what we do is easy. You know, owning a gym is 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 not easy. Running a business is not easy. And in the beginning, it's very 
challenging from an energy standpoint. Right. So think of in the beginning when you first started, you did every session, you, you know, swept the floors, you answered the phones, you, you know, did went to the bank, everything possible job that could have been done, you did. And that could be true right now. Right? And that's okay. Everyone goes through that period in that stage. And it's it's physically taxing. Right? It's 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 physically taxing. But at the end of the day, you'll only last so long being the owner operator of your business with just you, right? Um, because eventually, you know, you're just gonna kinda run out of gas. It's just it's it's an industry that it's hard to do by yourself. And so once you stop the ability to lose your body, uh, to use your body as much, you have to start using your mind and your brain. And that's the secret really to winning in business. It's not our body. It's not how hard we work. It's not the sweat we put in, right? Business is a thinking person's game, right? And the better thinker you are, and the more intelligent decisions you make, the better. And, I, and I'll say this, and I, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but the your life is shaped by the decisions you make. That is like a realization I've come to, you know, when I was reading the book Decisive by Chip, Chip and Dan Heath. I was like, wow, this is a really important book to read. Like, this isn't just a book on decisions. Like, this is like, everyone should read this book. Everyone in the world. Because your life is shaped by the decisions you make. You you are where you are right now because of the decisions that you made or the decisions that you did not make. And it's a really, really important thing. And you'll be better at business when you make better decisions. So you have this first period of business that you go through and it relies all on your body, right? You rely all on your, your, your energy and your intensity and your passion and after a while, you know, you have to start to adapt. And the people that don't, um, they're the ones that usually get kind of bumped out of the industry and go off and sell insurance or do whatever, right? Because they didn't adapt to the next level of thinking, which is thinking like a CEO. And you probably don't consider yourself a CEO. Right. If you're listening to this and you're a gym owner and you got, you know, you know, 50 to 100 clients, you got a couple of trainers working for you, you're probably like, I don't know, CEO, I'm just a gym owner, right? And you know, that's fine if that's how you think about yourself, but um, you are a CEO, and there's things that CEOs do that you need to do. You just don't realize it's CEO type work. And, you know, CEOs of big companies, they do this stuff all day. But this stuff still needs to get done. And I think what people don't know is they don't know what the role is. What is the job of the CEO of, of your company? And it's very different than the person that's actually running um, the actual business. They're two different skill sets. One's a doing skill set and one's a thinking skill set. And the people that can 
re- get really good at the thinking aspect, they will create a lot of success in their life. And so, um, you know, whenever I talk to the CEO mastermind, so I have, you know, 19, 18 or 19 guys in that group across two groups. We have a max of 10 in the group. And, um, you know, I always reiterate these five points of what is their role. Now, a lot of them started their role as that owner-operator, the person that does everything all the time. Um, But the CEO mastermind is designed to teach them the skills that they need to start to be that CEO. And and what happens is um, when you become that CEO, you're not you're not doing as much of the doing. You're doing more of the thinking. And one of the biggest problems here is people are so uncomfortable because there is not this job description of what to do. Right? There's not this like thing that tells you what to do. When you're a trainer, you just show up and say, okay, you're going to train at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock and 9 o'clock. And you show up and do a good job and you get a dopamine hit and you go home and you be like, hang your, hang your coat up and be like, I did a good day. I had a good job. I did a good job today. And I got immediate feedback on how that was going. But that doesn't happen with thinking. There isn't this like instant gratific- gratification. There's instant result that you get. And so what I always do is I always reiterate what is the job description that they have of being a CEO, right? And it's different from, you know, the owner-operator. So there's five of them. Um, and, you know, these five, the amount of, they all need to be done. It just is how much time are you spending on each of these? Because if you're training 40 hours a week, you're not going to have much time. But even if it's 10 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever, these are things that you still need to be aware of. So this is basically what I would call um, my CEO job description, right? And every one of you needs to have this no matter how big or small your business is. Every one of you needs to be doing these five things. Um, So here's number one. Number one is set the vision and create the growth plan. Set the vision and create the growth plan. And so um, if, you, if you think about it, um, I want you to think about this analogy, okay? If you remember the, the show, The Wizard of Oz, right? Dorothy and the, you know, four people, I think it's four people, um, they were trying to find Oz. And they're walking through, they're walking through the forest, they're walking through the roads, and they're trying to find Oz. And the, and the cool thing was they had this clear destination of where they were going. They weren't going to California, they weren't going to Nebraska, like they were going to find Oz, and specifically the Wizard of Oz. And they had clarity around what that was, right? And that is probably the number one thing that you need to not feel like a ship without a rudder is where are you going? What is the vision for your company? Now, a lot of people think vision is like, oh, vision, I don't, I'm not this creative person. No, a vision could be a, it doesn't, vision has to, be, it has to be 10 years. There's no timeline on where you need to say, well, oh, a vision, no, a vision is just the future, right? So maybe your vision is just where are you in one year? Where are you in three years? Where are you in five years? It doesn't matter. 
But the first decision a CEO makes is, where are we going? And I promise you around, uh, uh, I promise you this, if you don't got clarity yourself, I can sure as hell tell you that your team doesn't, right? And so the first part of part one is, you know, decide and draw up what Oz looks like. What does it look like? What does it look like? And how will you know when you're there, right? And so then the second piece of this first one is creating the growth plan. And the growth plan is like the yellow brick road, right? How did they get to Oz? They got to Oz by taking the yellow brick road. And so what you need to do is you need to, if the vision is the what, the yellow brick road or strategic plan is the how, right? This is your strategy. And a strategy is nothing more than a plan. That's all it is. And don't think you need this extravagant strategy in this business and reading all these books on business strategy. It's no, just like, what is your plan? What is your plan? And here's the thing. It's more important to have the plan than it exactly works out road. The yellow brick road is not this like perfect straight line. It's this kind of winding road, right? But you, you, you need to have some semblance of a plan in order to go where, where you want to go. It's not always going to be perfect. And if you try to make it perfect, that's a whole other conversation, a whole other podcast. It's not going to be perfect. And you're always not going to be certain. You're not going to be certain on anything. You want to be an entrepreneur. You can't, you know, think that you got to know everything. That's just, that's just the truth. So that's number one is set the vision and create the growth plan. Um, number two is, is the team. Right. Number two is uh, recruiting, hiring, um, and 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 managing the team. So I like to call it right people, right seats. Is that is your job of the CEO is not only to find the people that you need and recruit and hire the people that you need to get where you want to go, um, but it is your job um, to make sure those people are the right people the right people for your organization. So, you know, you're going to spend time recruiting, you're going to spend time hiring, you're going to spend time, you know, managing and, you know, leading people. Um, because, you know, your business will only go so far without the the people that you have. And so um, what what you really need to be always doing, you really need to be always trying to find the best people like you should be in this constant state of recruitment this constant state of hiring even when you really don't need anybody because you know not everyone's going to stay forever you know that's like that was like a rude awakening during covid a lot of people had there was this you know i talked to a guy today and he was you know considering on what to do he's opening a second location he's got 10 trainers and he's opening a second location and he's trying to keep decide whether he wanted to keep the band together or break them up. And I was like, well, that's easy. Just break them up. And you break them up because they're going to be broken up anyway. Right? You might as well break them up, you know, because you want to break them up versus breaking them up because they, you know, decided to leave or decided to go to something different. Not everyone is going to stay forever. The best gyms in the country do not have the same staff that they had when they first started. Zero percent. 
So you got to know that and be um, prepared for that. But that is your job is to find these right people and put the right people in the right seats, right? And in the beginning, that's probably a bunch of trainers. But as you go and as you grow, it's probably like a head of marketing. It's probably, you know, a salesperson. It's probably a general manager, an operations person, right? And then your job becomes to, you know, manage and lead those people. But at the end of the day, it's on you. If you have a bad employee and they're not um, doing the job, guess, guess whose fault that is? That's our fault, right? Because at the end of the day, we hired them. And that's the CEO's responsibility. So um, that's, a, that's a really, really important one as, as the CEO, putting the right people in the right seats. Number three is your job is to drive the culture of those people drive the culture of those people and create the culture and culture starts with you culture starts with you culture is just a really a reflection of your values and your behaviors and that's what what really core values are is core values are a documented system or a documented series of words that define how you'll behave and it's a really, really misunderstood concept. And I think that people have, you know, really looked at culture as, you know, hey, we're going to go and throw axes and we're going to go and, you know, do cool stuff together. And they look at culture as like the, the social part of it. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that stuff and I'm not saying that's not valuable. But at the end of the day... Um, there are many more important things to culture and one of them is creating a culture of accountability. Meaning you do what you say you were going to do. When you give someone a task, they do it. And there's no faster way to destroy a culture than not doing what you say and not being accountable. Think of how bad it is for a culture if someone doesn't show up on time well what is that it's a lack of accountability a person we can't depend on that person and so they're totally horrible for a culture I don't care how good of a coach they are and how good of a trainer they are if they can't do something as basic like that it destroys culture And so I think that, you know, you as a CEO, you got to like, you know, understand this, this concept and think about it. It's not just cushy, you know, chairs and, and long lunches. I hate long lunches. I hate long lunches. Like get back to work. I don't ever take lunch. I freaking scarf oatmeal down in my office long lunches come on now it's like is it sometimes time to go out and take someone to lunch that's fine but if you're going to be like jerking around on a Wednesday afternoon when the world should be working come on that's not setting a great culture because you're creating a culture of just wasting time and laziness right so you got to look at some of these things and look at what is really culture really is. But that's your job. 
And that's a reflection of you. And there's some pressure on you for this one. you got to live it. You can't expect others to live it if you don't live it yourself. So you got to really be on top of it. And you got to really make sure that you are setting that bar high and that example that you want. Because if you don't, if you're not accountable, there's no way you're going to have team members who are accountable. So culture kind of starts with you. Number four, manage the cash. No one else is going to think about the cash like you do. No one else is going to think the cash like you do. Um, I've said this so many times, and if I'm sure I've said it on the podcast, but I say it on the mastermind calls all the time, um, the, the numbers are the truth teller of your business. Your financials are the things that tell you the truth about what is happening in your business. And all progress starts with the truth. So if you want to make more progress in your business, you have to face reality. And the only reality is that is what those numbers say. Otherwise, it's you know running your business on emotion. And Keith Cunningham calls emotion the single most toxic poison in business. The words toxic poison are really, there's an emotional trigger there. Toxic poison. Emotion is the single most toxic poison in business because you might look and say, ah, oh, we, we had this one person quit. And now all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know, we got to change everything. Right? No, it's just one person quit. They didn't like it. And maybe they went through, you know, they lost their job or, or whatever. It's just like we, a lot of times we use emotion and we get sent off the path because we're reacting with emotion. Versus the logic would look and say, all right, we have 100 clients. How many did we lose last month? One. All right. So that's a 1% attrition. That's pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good if you ask me. Don't think I would be putting any effort into that. Don't think I would be putting any headspace into that. I'd be like, we're killing it. So you got to understand the numbers and you got to be able to face the numbers. And that's your job as the CEO. And here's the thing, guys. I know that this stuff doesn't come naturally to a lot of you. And I'm not saying you need to turn yourself into you know, a finance expert or anything like that. I'd much rather discuss marketing and learn marketing and, and you know create marketing uh, all day long um, over, over talking financials. As much as I love my best friend, Mike Waldron, some of it bores the shit out of me, being honest. But I know it's important. And I know it needs to be done. And I know I have to have my finger on the pulse of where we are. I don't need to be an accountant. I don't need to be a financial advisor. But I must understand what's going on. You must have a financial education enough to understand what is going on with your money. So there's a lot that goes into this one. But overall, um, no one else is watching your money. No one else is watching your money. So you got to. And number five is uh, skill enhancement. Now, you're spending time as a CEO on enhancing uh, specific skills that will help the business grow. And the two skills that I always talk about are marketing and leadership. Marketing and leadership, marketing and leadership. And if you, if you think about it, you know, a lot of you are listening to this and you're like, I suck at marketing or I'm a really bad leader, right? And at the end of the day, they're both skills. 
and think about how you started as a trainer. Like when I started as a trainer at Fitness Quest back in the day, San Diego, right? I was a shit ass trainer. Like I used to like there was this one guy I used to train, and he used to get nauseous like every session because it just pushed him too hard. And he all of a sudden, you know, he thought it was like something wrong with him. And he used to start, he would bring like water the first day and then he would get sick. And then he brought Gatorade the next day and he still got sick. And then he brought Pedialyte the next day and he still got sick. And then all of a sudden he's taking this crap. And he's like, no, no, he's not the problem. Like I'm the problem. I was a shitty trainer when I first started because I was pushing him too hard. I was like, he was running out of gas in the first five minutes of the session because I sucked. But then I got good. I got really good. But how does that happen? It's a skill. Over time, you get better. And you work on it and you grow. And the same thing with marketing and leadership. So there are specific skills that you want to enhance that are going to enhance your value to the company. Now, if you're spending 90% of your education learning about new exercises and learning about your craft, that's fine. But as a CEO, kind of need someone else doing that. Probably need someone else to be thinking about that and doing that. Um, Because it's a lot easier to find someone to do that than it is for someone to learn marketing or learn leadership. So the fifth one is like, what are the specific skills that you are um, working on? And that's part of your job description, to spend time doing those things. So I could go on, but I'm not. So those are the five things. Set the vision, create the growth plan, drive the culture, put the right people in the right seats, manage the cash, and then enhance your skills. And that is your job description of a CEO. Some of you might do these things for you know, a couple hours a week. Some of you, it's your whole week. It doesn't matter. It all matters that this stuff gets thought about, focused on, and there's someone that's in charge. Someone's got to be in charge. And it, and, and it might as well be you. So, again, when you get to CEO status, you'll focus more, spend more time on these things. For now, if you're not there, all right, do what you can, but know they need to be addressed. Set the vision, create the growth plan, drop the culture, put the right people in the right seats, manage the cash, and enhance your skills. Hopefully, this gave you some clarity, right? Gave you some clarity, which is um, important to know. And it, it, the challenging part of this is there's not this perfect you know, job description of what to do. You might think, oh, well, what do I do in each one of those things? Well, that's, if you're looking for that answer, that's the wrong question. Because there's not, it's not going to be there. There's not going to be this. There's not... Here's what it's like running our business. And a lot of people have created this analogy of comparing, you know, what we do in personal training to McDonald's and saying, oh, you just got to create systems. You got to create systems. But this is what happens at McDonald's. You take a, you know, a three-inch patty. You put it on the grill at 474 degrees. You put it there for three minutes and 37 seconds. You flip the patty and you cook it there for another three minutes and 37 seconds. Then you take the patty off the grill, put it on a bun, 
then you take two small pickles the size of quarters, okay? And it's just like, it doesn't work like that. It, life is, as a gym owner, life as a business owner is not going to tell you everything that you exactly need to do at every time. It's not. You're going to have to move towards some uncertainty. You're going to have to move forward with a little bit of uncertainty of not knowing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. It's okay. But an outline like this kind of gives you the framework. But if you're looking for this exact, you know, cook the burger for three minutes and 37 seconds, I don't know if that exists. I really don't. Even even with franchises. Like you're dealing with human beings. Like is it is it foolproof that if someone's knee hurts and they're doing squats that you should go to split squats and that is the perfect thing to do? Well, I, I maybe. It really depends on what's going on in that person's body, what goes on in that person's brain. Like, it's so outside of our control. We can have systems and do the best we can, but if you're looking for this 100% certainty on exactly what to do with your business all the time, it's not going to be there. It's not going to be there. But these frameworks um, can help guide you and take you down the path. So hopefully this was helpful. Um, If you need anything uh, from me, I'd love to work with you. The best opportunity to work with me is to go to club.vincegabriel.com. And that is my Marketing Master Insiders Club. And that is where I teach gym owners marketing, essentially. And there's a bunch of cool components to it. Uh, We're adding a couple of new things, which is really cool. But uh, the main component is you have your own marketing coach, which is, you know, someone that I've trained that can help you with your marketing. Uh, There's a resource vault in there that gives you all kinds of sample things that you can swipe and deploy. There is a uh, monthly newsletter. There is, we do masterclass calls every month. Uh, It's just, you know, and you can try the program out for 60 days for a buck. So you're going to get all that for a buck. So it's really cool. Um, If you just go to club.vincegaber.com, you can get started. Um, with that. So hopefully this was helpful and I'll see you next week. Peace.